you are one of 20 guys, you're not the fucking winner. You got the first one-on-one. -on -one. That doesn't mean shit, especially if you're an asshole. I know this podcast is a very big part of your life. You've mentioned it to me multiple times. Kind of a, you know, a bachelor nation groupie. No, 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 hold on with me, Derek. Name one thing that I said that's false, Derek. Don't insult my intelligence. Hi, Emily. Hi, Kayla. I'm back and better, better than ever. You know what, guys? I'm sure Emily said last week that the reason I wasn't here is because I was moving. And while it's tragic that I'm in the Midwest for many reasons, all is not lost because they don't make me wait until 8 p.m. Central to watch it. It starts at 7, which means this shit is over by 9. And something about it ending at 9 versus ending at 10, it, it feels so unbelievably less painful. Yeah. I always wish it was on at seven. I always wish any TV thing I'm going to watch is on at seven. Seven is a much better time. I'm done with Wait. work. If I have to have dinner, I'll have dinner while I watch. Like waiting till eight was like, is always annoying. I'm like, what? I checked guide today because I was like, well, I know some people complain like on the West Coast about getting spoilers. And so I was like, maybe it does air at eight my time. And I checked on guide. And when that shit said seven, I literally almost cried. I almost and, you know, I'm sure everyone's curious because uh, I threatened that if Ryan was better than me that you would have to break up with him. Um, I will say I was I was impressed. I did laugh audibly uh, quite a few times. Uh, that being said, he wasn't funnier than me. Um, he was funny, though. I'll give it to him. He was funny. Uh, I enjoyed it. <laughs> oh, we had a blast. He had no fucking idea what was going on. And <laughs> tonight, his prediction of who won obviously was was just <laughs> so he texted me and was like well he's like i can't win them all i was like yeah you didn't win any but you can't even um, get in the top 20 really um yeah, like literally i was like okay well he tried so tried his best you know it's always fun with somebody who has no idea what's going on but at the same time i was like okay that's certainly a take that's certainly an opinion I just, the first few minutes of this, unfortunately, uh, Ben was subjected to watching with me because I only moved in four days ago, so therefore I demand he eat dinner with me every night. Um, you know, we're not at that stage yet where I'm like, yeah, just go play video games and eat your dinner. Like, I just got here four days ago, like, you have to eat with me. Uh, and unfortunately, dinner was taking a while, so he had to watch the first few minutes, and he witnessed the Top Gun date, and I was like, he was just looking at the screen absolutely horrified. And I was like, yeah, I mean, Ben, like, this is what determines if you're compatible. Like, will you survive a Top Gun-style simulation date? No, literally. But anyways, I took almost no notes this time, but it's not because it was an unenjoyable episode. It was just because nothing, like, that crazy happened. Um, She's but, a really good bachelorette, so she just, like, handles issues. That's kind of... Right, I'm actually kind of surprised because the two biggest like shit starters so far this season have been Jamie and uh, Peter, and both of them went home this episode. And I'm surprised because like in seasons past, producers would have made her keep at least one of them. Yeah, like I was like, she was like, bye, no, no more. So, yeah. That being said, it wasn't unenjoyable. I was also like doing laundry and like cleaning while watching. 
um, amazing podcaster, uh, extraordinaire, Julie, subject matter expert. Uh, um, <laughs> but they did, yeah, they did the Top Gun date, which they've done several times. And <laughs> Somehow there's always a new Top Gun. Like, how how has this lasted so many times? Like, <laughs> how are they constantly doing Top Gun dates? What do you mean? It's like, imagine if they did a Fast and the Furious date every time there was a new Fast and the Furious movie. We'd be like... I was going to say that. Oh, my Too God. Furious. Uh, just a weird subject matter, for sure. So, the Top Gun date is just a bunch of challenges that are going to make somebody throw up and or cry. Right. Uh... And basically, there's, like, wi- like Willie and Peter have been going at it since last episode. Um, Peter feels, Willie was the one that wrote down Narcissist about Peter. Um, and then during this date, Willie was like, I'm going to throw up. Like, I don't do well with motion. Then he does perfectly fine. Uh, and in Peter's defense, not that anything he did is defensible because he's annoying as shit. But, like, Willie was directly copying everything he was doing. And I was like, okay, I could see getting annoyed about this. But Peter obviously took it way too far. Um, and then they go into the ring and Willie just absolutely beats the shit out of Peter. <laughs> Which is like looking at them stature wise and like physically, I was like, dude, Will's going to get his shit rocked. I was like, Willie's going to die out there. I was like, cause I'm horrified. So yeah, like you said, to be fair, Will did instigate most of the reasons that Peter doesn't like him. Even the narcissist thing, like it was, I thought it was funny cause Peter is a narcissist, but like Will <laughs> totally instigated that. Like it was not necessary. Yeah. That being said, Peter is red flag central. Like everything right. about him, I'm like red flag, red flag, red flag. So I don't even blame Will. And but Peter looks like such an aggro guy. Like he looks like he would just actually kill him. Like <laughs> like actually murder him. Like if he, like I was watching them say like obviously the two of them were gonna go against each other. This happens every season. If there's two guys that don't like each other, they're gonna fist fight each other. As a part of the show, not even just for fun. And I was like, Willie's going to die out there. And then sure isn't, sure enough, he gets up there and absolutely just every time Peter even tried to step on the mat, Willie pushed him off. Like, fuck you. I mean, <laughs> silent killer over here. Um, and for that, Will was awarded, Willie was awarded a jacket. Lil Willie, first of all, terrible nickname. I mean, what, like, what do you mean? If they were like, your nickname is like translates roughly to little dick. So enjoy the date. <laughs> so, so have fun. Um, enjoy the date, tough guy. Try to undo gonna, the damage of that one. Right. That's gonna take years of therapy. So <laughs> he ends up getting a jacket, a top gun jacket. It's like a cute souvenir. And he's really proud of it because he's like, I earned this, whatever. Cute. Um <sighs> And then also on this date, Martin, who we talked about, Ryan and I talked about last week, because we were like, now who the fuck is this guy? Um, <laughs> someone tweeted, someone tweeted, he looks like all five members of NSYNC. That shit's funny. He does. That, he, you know what is the thing? When you just said Martin, I didn't know immediately who you were talking about. And then you said he looked like all five members of NSYNC, and I knew exactly you know, who you were talking about. Yeah. Yes. Um, that's, like, by far been, I think, one of my favorite tweets of the season. But, anyway, he checks in on Michelle during the date and is like, hey, are you okay? Because of all the drama that happened last week where she thought that all the guys hated her, but it was actually just Jamie lying. So, um, Perfect. Martin, but they don't know that it was just Jamie lying, so they still are like, what's going on? But, yeah, Martin checks in on her, which is very nice. I don't actually have anything against Martin. I, I just, he just is, like, a non-traditional 
type of guy, I guess. And he gives me non-traditional type of vibes, and maybe that's a good thing. So, anyway, nicely checks in. Um, so Will wins the date, um, and then they go to, like, the cocktail portion where she talks to them all. And she kind of just, like, talks to Martin and is like, thank you for pulling me. And then she makes a comment and is like, I'm so glad the guys are so mature. And as she says it, sure as shit, we cut back to the guys on the couches and it's Peter and Willie like screaming at each other. And very mature. She's like, I didn't hear it later later that night. She's like, this date felt so much better. It felt like a reset. There was no yelling and screaming. I'm like, no, the date was just in open air. Yeah, so the, the sound disappeared. Um, we do see the first real interaction at the this nighttime date. We see the first real interaction between Clayton and Michelle, um, which is, I mean, exactly what we predicted. It's like we're, le- we're never going to learn anything about this man. Uh, but that being said, their conversation is somewhat cute. He, like, spins her around a bunch of times. And she says that it was refreshing to talk to him, um, whatever. Notable, he, like, wouldn't be notable at all, except for the fact that we know he's going to be The Bachelor, so I kind of like to track, like, okay, how much are we even going to learn about this man before they tell us he's The Bachelor? I kind of noted this episode, I was like, oh, here, because we were talking last episode, Ryan and I, because he was like, that guy's going to be The Bachelor, but we, like, haven't seen him at all, I was like, no, I know, but I was like, this is, I guess, where his bigger cut comes in, and they start giving him more screen time, and it's, like, exactly what we said it would be, he's, like, a very traditionally kind person yeah he's a very safe choice for them which if you're gonna choose a bachelor with no input i, I guess goes to the safe route like right so yeah so we'll he gets like a little bit of a moment and, and 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 he has a few itms too where he's like i really gotta step it up like i gotta prove to michelle that yeah I'm here for her and and all you know like he also not only does he get more time with her but he also they just show him more talking about her which is and he actually, I don't know if you clocked this, but something that he said that I thought was really interesting, I think it was in one of his ITMs, he says, I'm starting to think that the people who I thought had really strong relationships with Michelle, like, maybe don't. Right. And the reason I clocked it was because I was like, that's kind of very telling of the show in general. Like, when Ben was sitting here watching with me and one of the guys was like, she brings out the best in me. I looked at Ben, I'm like, this is week three of the show. It's like... Yeah. They literally just met her. Most of them haven't even spoken to her one-on-one. Like, And I feel like Clayton making that comment, I was like, well, this is a little bit like meta for The Bachelor to air that comment because the whole point of the show is like we, we want to believe that these connections are super strong right out of the gate, whatever. And Clayton's kind of like, all these guys are fucking weird. Like they're all saying that they're yeah. like in love with her and they hardly well, know her. Literally, <laughs> and like we see that with Jamie, right? Like it's like, he's the first one-on-one and he obviously is a special case because he's a nutcase but like in general he's very confident and the other guys are like oh he had the first one-on-one like you think that that means something right it actually doesn't like she with ease was like bye like (laughs) right so but that's how it always is like and that's why when ryan you know last week was like jamie's gonna win it all i was like you're, everybody says that after the first one-on-one. One-on-one, yeah. The first time you see them with someone, and you're like, they're amazing together. <laughs> like, right. Um, so, yeah, good point. Good point made by Clayton. One point for Clayton. I take that <laughs> one bad thing I said about him two weeks ago. One, uh, one point for Clayton. Uh, go Tigers. And so then we get to um, 
I just like want to point out a couple of the comments made between Peter and Willie because they were so yeah. fucking stupid. Okay, I'll uh, be Nate. I'll be Nate. Nate was just sitting there looking at the camera like Jim Halpert and like also just like <laughs> minding his business and being like, what the fuck? So I'm Nate, role play Peter and Will at the same time. Uh, okay, so the first thing that Peter said that I clocked was because uh, Willie tells him to shut his mouth and Peter says, bro, you hate my mouth because you wish you had it. That's erotic. <laughs> Is that not like a very erotic thing to say? You wish you, you had my mouth? mouth? <laughs> want this mouth? <laughs> Whose mouth is this? Like, okay, kiss already. Like, <laughs> Get a little closer. Kiss on the mouth. Kiss on the mouth. Uh, another, another good one is uh, Willie tells him that he's just a, he's just a pizza, whatever. He's like, you just, you just sell pizza. And Peter says, I'm going to change lives one slice at a time. What a fucking remarkable thing to say. I, the only <sighs> people who work in pizza who are allowed to say that are the people that serve me pizza at like 2 a.m. when I'm drunk. You Dollar pizza. Changing, you are changing my life one slice at a time. Thank you for your service. If you're not those guys, no. <laughs> Emily's not a vegan after 3 a.m. when she's wasted. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Um, I no, I I I love I love a man who's who's passionate about what he does. That being said, I work in higher education. I help kids get into college, and I have never said I'm changing lives one day at a time. Like, and I think what I do is more life changing than pizza. You know, like you know I, I just every day I'm not changing lives, and then I log off of my job. <laughs> You know, at six o'clock when my day ends, I go, eh, somebody emails me something. I go, nah, I'm not changing lives. I'll get to it tomorrow. Log off. That's it. That's it. I work in like for a huge company that like does a lot of software that you guys probably see. It's major, but I'm not changing lives. I don't give a fuck. So there you go. Pizza guy, Alpha, has a lot to say about the way his impact on the world. All right, move over, pizza. Bezos. There's a pizzapreneur <laughs> in town. Um, so then we basically we move through the rest of the night, and Martin ends up getting the group date, Rose. Oh, the jacket, though. Oh, oh. wait. The, I didn't even Will. write it down because I thought it was so obvious, and then I didn't say it. So Stupid. So Will is, like, oh, gone, I guess probably talking to Michelle, and Peter takes the fucking Top Gun jacket that Will won and goes, and they're like, what are you doing? And he's like, doesn't it look better on me? And all the guys are like, all right, wacko. And then he goes and throws it in the pool as an act of poetic justice, I guess. I don't know. Now, um, I was seeing some tweets that were, like, making fun of Willie for being so upset about it. And, like, yes, it is just a jacket. It's just a souvenir. It will dry. It will whatever. But I feel like... I get it. Like, maybe it's because I'm a, an emotional bitch, but if I were on the show and you're one of 25 people left and, like, you stand out to the lead and they give you this thing that of, like, hey, good job, you stood out to me, and to have it be, like, thrown in the pool, like, I would get pretty upset about that. Yeah, and he was the one, too, like, with the zero gravity machine. Everybody was like, he's going to throw, like, he thought he was going to throw up, too. Like, he faced a huge fear that day, and, like, right. he did a lot to get it. And, like, yeah, I mean, it's like... I don't know that I would have cried, but also I don't even think it's the jacket. More so it's just like, Peter's such a dick. And it's like a fucking yeah. horse. He took the jacket and threw it in the pool because he wanted to cause a scene. And Nate says to Will, when he comes back, he's like, where's the jacket? They're like, 
Peter threw it in the pool. And Nate is like, Will, the best thing you can do and what's going to make you a bigger man is, like, not reacting. And Will's like, I get that and I appreciate that. But And then he's, like, sad and he goes and cries. But he does come back and he does not say anything to Michelle or anyone. And I – so he's he is upset and, like, valid. But also I, like, really – he won points for me here because he wasn't like, oh, let me ruin Michelle's night when she's already been upset all week because she thinks we all talk shit about her. (laughs) (laughs) fucking jacket like he does he is the bigger man he does just like keep his cool doesn't bring it up right um and and also i'm sure that drives peter crazy because all peter wanted was a reaction right i mean it's literally like kids on the playground like all he wanted was to piss him off um that being said neither of them get the rose martin gets the group date rose and uh, she's like, our night isn't over yet, which I always kind of like when this happens, because I feel like when someone gets the group date rose, then she's just like, okay, see ya. It's like, a, it's like, okay, well, I don't know you any better than I knew you when, you know, at the beginning of this evening, but here's a rose. Uh, so she's like, the night's not over for us yet. And she takes um, Martin to a string quartet private concert. And I know that we're always making fun of the Z-list country concerts that happen, but honestly, like, the string quartet thing was weirder for me. Like, yeah, it was I felt like, Bridgerton. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It was like they were like dancing to the wildest dreams string quartet from Bridgerton. Like, so weird. I honestly, I, I maybe would have preferred Temecula Road to be back. Let's throw it back to Temecula Road, please. Thank you. Tem- Temecula. 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 Real ones will know. The real ones remember. So, yeah. So, yeah, they have a moment. I agree. I really like when they do that. And, like, like you know, Martin, I made fun of him last week because he looks like all five members of NSYNC, and I don't take that back. But he is nice, and he's sweet to her. And you know what? Whatever. Sure. So. That's the end of that's not on that. can happen. <laughs> yeah, so that's the end of that. And then we get one-on-one, the one-on-one of the episode, slash the second one-on-one of the season. And it is with Apple Guy Rodney, who, if you don't know who we're talking about, Apple Guy. <laughs> right. He made his whole thing apples, and he knows nothing about apples. You could feed this man a clementine, and he would be like, that is a Granny Smith. <laughs> yeah, he would be like Granny Smith. But that being said, Rodney is a really sweet guy. I honestly think the apple thing is so drawn out because they have nothing else to really talk about until they're one-on-one date. So they just keep fucking talking about apples. And the whole time I've been like, okay, but they go on a one-on-one date, and it's a truth or dare date. And you know what I will say? We always make fun of the uh, one-on-ones in this kind of seclusion environment where, like, you couldn't do any better than this. This I actually thought was cute because I was like, it's not so crazy that I always make fun of, like, when they are, like, prove that you love each other by jumping off of a burning building to a candlelit dinner. And if you survive, you're in love. Um, I liked that this was just like a pretty normal thing for them to do. Um, So they played the dare portion first for a little bit. And the the most notable dare being that they have uh, him streak through the hotel lobby. Michelle is chanting at him. This is our journey, which was hilarious. Um, (laughs) And Caitlin and Tasha and all the guys come out and watch. Yep. And Kenny is watching from home, like, wow, 
he stole my pick. <laughs> Kenny's like, I walked so that man could run. I walked so that man could literally run through the hotel. <laughs> through the hotel lobby. Uh, and I what I what kind of made Rodney first start to grow on me was when he first started to take his clothes off and goes, My mom's gonna kill me. I love when people acknowledge the crazy shit they're doing on national oh, yeah. television and that their families will eventually watch it. Totally. Yeah, no, yeah, you know, it was cute. She's laughing, he's laughing. That's like the whole thing that she says to him later too. Um, they go to the truth. They go. I don't even know to, if to call it the truth, the dinner portion or the truth portion of the date. I yep. Uh, and they're telling their truths, and so Rodney and I. This is uh, also where Rodney really won me over, is that he opens up about being raised by a a single mom, very close with his mom, but he opens up without like trauma dumping or being like manipulative. Right. Which. Obviously, like last week, Jamie opened up about something very serious and heartbreaking, but there was a layer two, which like, you know, it's like a thin line, but there's a layer of like, is this manipulative or is this like you genuinely wanting to get to know someone? Right. Versus I found Rodney opening up about, you know, his experience and his life to be genuinely a conversation more than it was just him being like, oh my god, man, my life has been so hard, feel bad for me, so that you're trapped with me, you know? Right, and I think it's also a fine line, too, because, like, some people, contestants in the past, we've talked about this, where people sometimes feel like they have to tell their deepest, darkest corner of their soul on the first date, and I feel like some of the more impactful situations we've heard about, no matter how extreme they were, I, I, Kaylin Miller-Keys, Christina Schulman, some of these, like, really crazy, extreme traumatic things that have happened to contestants those don't always come out in the first one-on-one like sometimes it takes a couple dates and getting to know someone and like when you say trauma dumping it's not to imply that what jamie went through and i know what you meant which is the only reason i'm saying it yeah it's not to imply that what jamie went through is not traumatic and that he shouldn't tell michelle about it if they were going to have a serious relationship but i agree with you that when you show all your cards on the first date with someone you're the first one-on-one of the season you're unloading all this right away. I'm not saying that you should feel reserved about traumatic things that have happened to you, but it also needs to feel natural to tell somebody about them. And I don't know that it felt natural between Jamie and Michelle. And I think Michelle's reaction was the most telling because I said this last week, she said, I don't know you, but I'm proud of you. And that's the thing. And that's like the major key with a first date. You really don't know that person. (laughs) Like with these one-on-ones, these first few one-on-ones, like, they don't really know each other. They've maybe t- only talked to each other at a few yeah. cocktail parties, at some group dates maybe, but like all in all, like they don't really know this person. And also I guess the, there is there is something to be said and an advantage to be had for those who get one-on-ones a little bit later because maybe they're able to, to gradually work their way into these tougher conversations versus Jamie felt the pressure that, or, or maybe didn't, but maybe he did feel the pressure that often the first one-on-one feels or the first few one-on-ones feel where they're like, I got to tell you everything about me so that you know everything. And I'm, I'm an open book and whatever. Yeah. But it can be manipulative because it kind of gives this idea. And this is like, not just on the show, but in regular relationships, like any first date you go on, it's like forming a bond that is closer than you actually are to that person. (laughs) Like, like right. I know more about you than I actually know about you, and we don't actually have that strong of a bond. But now I feel like we do because I know the deepest and darkest part of your soul. Right. Yeah. 
So that being said, Rodney Rodney doesn't do that. He shares it very authentically. I'm sure we will learn more about him later. Maybe it will get a little more serious. I don't know. Either way, I thought his sharing his story was great. Um, And they talk about previous relationships a little bit. And Michelle shares a really heartbreaking story about how um, in a previous relationship, her partner did not call her this, but she was at a grocery store and a woman uh, called her the N-word or said it in her very clear direction. Um, and Michelle cites it as like the first time she remembered this word being directed toward her. Um, and she came home and told her partner about it. And her partner in an attempt to console her, I guess, basically told her not to be upset about it because being upset about it was giving this woman more power and that's what this woman wanted now that's the reaction you give someone when they say your haircut is ugly you say babe don't be upset about that they want a reaction out of you don't give them that your hair looks great that's not what you tell your partner when they're having a heinous derogatory racial slur hurled at them by a stranger in the supermarket no literally like, and also, like, uh, yeah, this was just a heartbreaking conversation, but I also, I loved that it happened with Rodney. I think that they had, like, a really genuine conversation about it, and they were able to, unfortunately, relate to each other, but also, like, in good ways and bad ways, of course. Right. Um, but, yeah, this is just, like, this, like, that is just not the fucking reaction, and it really is just, like, white men really just do the least like all the time, you know, <laughs> they're, just, they're just constantly lowering the bar. You know, and that guy was like, yeah, this is the right thing to tell her, right. you know, like, don't like be upset, probably, babe. He was probably like watching a football game and like half listening as she's like unveiling one of the most probably traumatic thing that things that's ever happened to her. Right. And he's like, oh, don't let it get to you. Like, what the <laughs> fuck? You know, uh, so fucked. And this is one we don't even have a first name for. We're just like, yep, checks even, out. I'm not even talking about a guy on the show. And I'm <laughs> disappointed. Like, Classic. Um, just terrible. But yeah, so anyway, they have like a really important and deep, but also not like overly deep or overly presumptuous conversation with each other, which right. is like really nice to see. And it genuinely makes me feel like they have a real connection. Um. And she says, she's like, he moved out of the friend zone and into, you know, the other zone. Because it was kind of clear that Rodney was one of those situations where she was asking him on a one-on-one because she wasn't sure, like, if if she was into him. Um, So, good for Rodney. He's out of the friend zone. Happy for him. Um, And then we move to our second group date of the episode. And he gets the rose, obviously. Oh, yeah, yeah, he gets it. Can you imagine after all that, she's like, bye. <laughs> she's no. like, you're definitely more than a friend, but um, pack your rags. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> no, 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 so, no, that would be, gets the rose. Very cute. that would be chaos we would only get if you were the bachelorette. Dude, I would totally do that. In my ITM, I would be like, I could see myself marrying this guy. And then, like, back at the table, I'd be like, I just don't see it. <laughs> Pack your away suitcase and get out of here. <laughs> Gather your belongings. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> the guy just like comes up behind him. <laughs> like, I already told suitcase guy. 
Um, yeah. So you guys are Yay, Rod. So then we go to our second uh, group date of the evening, which is my least favorite kind of date. My least favorite kind of dates on The Bachelor, and I, I say that this is my least favorite knowing full well that wrestling dates are included, um, skydiving dates are included. All these things included in my least favorite type of group date is still a spoken word or a stand-up or a poetry, a roast. A roast. That was one of the worst dates I've ever watched on this show. I was like, they're all, all these like, all these like right jokes, right bits, right whatever. Oh my god! I've had enough. I've had. I'm tired. I'm tired. Go play foosball. Like I don't care. I literally will watch you all watch paint dry. I do not want to watch you speak. (laughs) Period. End it. Hey, you know what would make this show better? If it was a silent film. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, at least, you know, I'm, I'm, this is where my double standard comes into play because when women get objectified on this show, I'm like, that is sick. That is disgusting. But at least on wrestling dates on The Bachelorette, like, we get to watch these men, like, get oiled up and we get to objectify them for, like, a little bit. Like, that's kind of fun. There's usually some drama associated, like, when Ed was like, I have an injury, or, like, when two of the guys hate each other and they make them, like, fucking fight to the death. It's funny. Like, (laughs) it's comedy. Wells is there. (laughs) Wells is always there. That makes it better. Like, this shit, and I will say, the poetry, while if I were Michelle, I would have walked out because it would make me so uncomfortable. The poetry is better than when they make them do stand-up comedy because the stand-up comedy kills me because they're never funny they're and never they funny they're like they're like trying to tell a joke i'm like least funny people you know do comedy <laughs> for 55 minutes like oh my god where's their next netflix special um no they don't no, no it's like going to see your college friends do improv in the city like <laughs> it literally it's yeah you get like roped in and you're like yeah i'll come and then you have also to go. i know i have friends that listen to this that do improv i'm not talking about you guys i'm talking about the people who pick up improv post-grad oh and i'm are just... talking about you guys no i'm <laughs> <laughs> like like i i fucking can't but anyway so they do this open word and or spoken word rather and um ah jamie what is going into the, the fuck date. i can't i was like put turn his mic off um <laughs> he was like going into the date and was like i'm kind of excited to be on a group date so i can compete with the other guys he says that he says that he says that in an itf he says he wants to compete with the other guys keep it in your brains oh my and god then he's on the date and he cannot stop fucking saying i'm not competing with anybody like i know that i have a an advantage he keeps saying that the guys are intimidated by the connection he has with Michelle. He's like, they all know that I have this connection, whatever. Blah, 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 blah. I mean, oh I would disrespectfully fight this man for $11. Like, <laughs> I was so annoyed. I was like, shut up, shut up. So- and based on, like, I mean, you're, like, you're obviously, like, a very strong person. You're running, oh, by the way, shameless plug, um... If you haven't donated yet, she has reached her donation goal, but that doesn't mean you can't donate. Emily, our girl Emily, is running the New York City Marathon. I'll take that again. She's running the New York City Marathon. I don't know if you guys know how many miles a marathon is. I didn't. It's 26. She's going to run 26 miles. 26.2, sorry. Uh, And she's going to run all those miles 
and she's benefiting the Vanessa T. Marcotte Foundation. That's right, right? Yeah. I knew I had that. The Vanessa T. Marcotte Foundation, which is awesome. She's running on a charity team. Even though she has exceeded, she has passed her donation goal at this point, please go donate. It is an awesome cause. And you're, you don't want to run 26 miles. And neither does she, frankly. So give me money to do it. Well, give the organization. It's not mine. But yeah, uh, yeah. So I'm running that on Sunday. And that's why I'm not drinking right now. Also, And so. maybe, maybe, guys, if we're lucky, we're going to get to see in like a passerby video, Emily, anywhere near Tasha, who's also running the New York City uh, Marathon. Guys, I was training last night and I passed Zach Clark in the park. And I was Zach like, Clark in the park. Zach Clark in the park. And he was doing a photo shoot. And I was like, okay. Yeah, um, so but, sorry to sorry to take that break here, but if you want to donate, it's in Emily. The link is in Emily's Instagram bio. I think it's in ours too. I put it in. Yeah, ours. I think it's on ours too. So, go donate. Bio, our bio, whatever. Go donate if you if you're you feel so cool. And on the donation link, it gives uh, an explanation of the Vanessa T. Marcotte Foundation, what they do, where your money's going. So go go take a peek at that. Anyways, that's a break. Um, I was only saying that you're strong because I was going to talk about how you could beat the shit out of Jamie, but then that yeah. segued me into running the marathon. Yeah, definitely. But definitely. I could. And I know it. And that's why I'd do it for free. But an extra $11 never hurt anybody. You know? But you'd also do it for a donation to the Vanessa T. Marcotte Foundation. <laughs> you guys donate enough? No. Um, the, the whole organization is like anti-violence. Um, <laughs> and I'm like... I'd fight that guy. Uh, <laughs> um, no, so, yeah, anyway, he's being uh, so annoying for no reason. Also, two people that I want way more of instead of Jamie, Leroy and Romeo. I want more Leroy and Romeo. Two kids yeah. that get no screen time, and I'm like, stop speaking, Jamie. <laughs> they're, they're, take over. they're classic cases of people we love that we will never see this entire oh, season. Yeah ever seen them and they will go home next week or the week after yep so anyway uh brandon oh yeah so jamie's open mic is just fucking awful uh he's like not even doing really spoken word it's just it's cringy it's terrible all the guys are it's like if you have to go on a spoken word date at least like do spoken word like like as much as i hate when they do it it's also like more annoying when they like evade the assignment and this like, is the I'm thing, like, you're more likely to have your embarrassing shit not aired if you do the assignment. Like, literally, it's like, think about gym class and how traumatizing those events were. The only people that ever got attention paid to them in gym class were the people who, like, excelled or the people who, like, didn't even try. Like, if you just go in and do the assignment and do the bare minimum, chances are your shit won't even get aired. Literally. And so... It was like, he, but he like wanted, I honestly think he wanted attention put on the fact right. that he was fucking, because the other guys, like, they honestly just did a montage. They didn't really show anybody. They showed Brandon more than anybody, but like, they showed other people. Romeo did some poetry. Chris S. did some poetry, or not Chris S., the other Chris, did some poetry. Like, they all were, they all like tried. And like, are any of them good poets? No, but they tried. Right. And then Jamie comes up and starts telling a story about a girl lost in the woods. It just, like, made no fucking sense. I was like, this is, like, me drunk at the bar at 4 a.m., like, trying to relate to the people that I just met 25 minutes ago. And I'm, like, telling a story <laughs> that nobody asked for. 
I'm like, this is insane. You're not relating. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. It was insane. It was so insane. Nobody knew what was going on. Um, And then, so Brandon ends up getting, oh, wait, I just skipped. I just skipped way ahead because the night portion meant so little to me. But basically, they do this whole, this whole shit, this spoken word. They go to the night portion of the date. I took not one single note. Oh, yeah. Oh, wait, that was the notable part. Yeah, Michelle participates. Michelle participates and reads a poem about being the token black girl. And it's really meaningful and... She's just so, she's the best. This show and dates like this, also, the most annoying thing is when they don't participate and they make the guys do it or the the contestants do it and then they don't. But she does it and she fucking knocks it out of the park and it's an amazing poem and I love her so much. Yeah, like, of course the men getting up there can't string three fucking words together and Michelle gets up there and writes this, like, beautiful poem about her experience finding love and I was like, oh my god, I would die for her. That being said... She had to redeem herself because, like we were saying, it's annoyed, annoying when the lead won't do it. She did not do the Top Gun date and was very open about the fact she didn't want to do it. And that's why when Clayton spun her all around, she was like, no, I hate spinning. And I was like, bitch, you just put them in a simulator. Yeah, you almost fucking fed Will to the birds. So, <laughs> so I was glad that she did the uh, spoken word one, and she was great. Um, and then we go to the uh, cocktail. She's just giving herself the rose. Her poem was the best. <laughs> and all of her men are subpar. Yeah, fuck these guys. Uh, so they go, there just hasn't been an Aaron yet. Which we'll get. Aaron. We'll get there. We'll go to him. He's just so problematic. Guys, I can't keep defending him. <laughs> like, it's genuinely so bad for my mental health. I haven't slept in days. So <laughs> they go to the night portion. And yeah, and they all like talk to her. Brandon, like, I really like Brandon. Brandon does say he relates to her poem. He related to her poem. They, they talk about that. And I love that. He just, he, I said this last week, he, he speaks in sweeping generalizations and just like acts like he's in a Hallmark movie, kind of. And yeah. I, I, and I'm not talking about when he's saying he related to her or anything like that. It's just like, after that, he just is always like, I really like, and then he's in his IPM, he says he's falling in love with her. I'm like, again, these people don't know each other. It's a little bit like, if at this point you're saying you're falling in love, uh, it's kind of a red flag to me. As yeah. opposed to, like, if you're saying, like, I could see myself with them, that's different. But saying you're falling in love with someone after going on two group dates with them, a little bit of a red flag. From Brandon, I'm not gonna lie. It's like a little yeah. like, love bonnie. I'm a little bit like uncomfortable. Um, I do again, I do like him. It's nothing that I'm like, he sucks. I just think he a little bit talks like he's in a movie. Right. And Michelle is clearly unbothered by it, um, because she ends up giving him the group date rose, which if I were Michelle, I would have been freaked out by the way he was talking, but I guess Michelle and I are different gals, uh, which is fine, but she seems like it. she's fine with it. A lot of it, too, he says in his, like, ITMs and stuff. He does say it to her, but he also does say it in interviews and stuff. Yeah. But it, yeah, I'm also a surprise because he got it last week. So right. that's his second time. But Jamie, so Jamie, like I said earlier, was like, I'm not here to compete with the other guys the entire time. Or he was like, I'm here to compete with the other guys. Then then the whole time he's going, it's not a competition for me. Like, I'm in the lead, whatever. 
he after talking to her in an interview goes she looks into my eyes and i can tell she's captivated hey weirdest thing to say (laughs) (laughs) hey no you should be like i'm captivated by her when i look at her and then he's like i can tell she's so captivated by me okay like ick icky yeah so brandon gets the rose and jamie is like it is his first and he's like how could this possibly have happened and so he pulls a producer and pulls a brandon or a brendan what the fuck was that guy's name (laughs) it's like the main character of paradise pulls a brendan and says the quiet part loud and he's just like (laughs) talking shit he's just talking shit to this producer and it's hideous he's like in what world am i the same league as brandon what the fuck like it was messy and it was really gross it's uh, it's just yeah he pulls the producer and he's like i'm here he's here like how why do i have to do seven more weeks of this shit like assuming he's gonna make it to the end and that he is the winner he's like why do i have to go through the motions of seven more weeks yeah and he also says which was the most disgusting part michelle is in spring break mode and it's a turn off for him because he's like i'm right here bitch what the fuck are you talking about like well, it's just, it's similar to how before he went on his one-on-one, he was like, well, yeah, I got to see if I'm into her. And all the guys are like, I mean, like, yeah, that's implied. Like, at the end of the day, like, this show is unrealistic in the sense that it's like all 30 guys are supposed to be in love with her and she gets to just pick. Like, obviously, yes, like, the guys need to have, like, they need to feel a connection to Michelle as well. But again, don't say the quiet part loud. And don't say it as if you're, like, the reason we, like, I always say that, and I'm always like, yeah, it is not just about the lead, it's also about the contestants, you know, wanting to make sure that they like the person, but, like, not because they're like, I am the most amazing person in the world, and if she doesn't see that, she's missing out. No, it's literally just, are we compatible? I gotta find out. That's it. Right. (laughs) And he made it, like, I am the greatest thing since sliced bread, I'm amazing, she's captivated when she looks at me, and... I have to make sure she's good enough for me. I'm like, okay, have you seen or spoken to Michelle? She's not, like, nobody's good enough for her. (laughs) She's not all of your leagues. (laughs) Have you laid eyes on her? I was like, okay. um, Anyway. Right. uh, So, yeah, so he basically just talks all this shit to the producer, and it's all on camera and mic. And it's just really gross, and it's like, he just thinks that he owns this shit and that he's gonna win and he's a shoe in and it's like that's not like how this works at all bestie and so so we go the next thing we kind of cut to is the uh cocktail party before the rose ceremony notable takeaways from this are that uh, rick is clearly someone that she feels comfortable with this is a box rick top five hottest rick um rick is a very generic name so i thought i'd specify uh Yeah, Rick is a very generic name. And so she tells Rick, he's basically talking to her, and he's like, look, we've all been talking about this shit for days. Who who is implying that we're all talking about you knowing Joe? Like, nobody has literally ever talked about that ever. And Michelle's like... of the world. Yeah, Yeah. Rick was like, sure, we speculated, because, you know, you guys seemed like you had a connection, and we heard this rumor, but, like, this was not like a huge conversation, you know, whatever. And she was like, oh my God, that's so weird because this is what Jamie told me. 
And the second she says that it's Jamie, you see like light, like fireworks in Rick's brain that he finally has a name. <laughs> Dude, Rick was killing me. I I like Rick a lot. The table thing, I fucking hated. But I like him. I think that he's funny. Uh, he reminds me of Zachary Levi. I think that's why I like him. Because um, I love Zachary Levi. So, yeah, he immediately is like, fuck yes. <laughs> he's, like, he's not happy, obviously. None of the guys are fucking happy that somebody said this. But they're like, oh, now we know who it is. And you know what? They were like, talking about stirring the pot. I was like, someone's got to stir the pot. Otherwise, it'll boil over. So let's go, baby. Take care of this drama. <laughs> right. So he's like, perfect. Same time. It's and bring the action. And so Rick goes back to the guys and is like, ding, ding, ding. We know who the fuck it was. And basically, it's a classic case of like Thomas, like whatever happened with Thomas and Katie's season where he, he clearly said something and then he tried to backtrack and be like, well, I didn't, I didn't say that. What I said was, and then just completely lie. <laughs> like arguably worse because jamie like thomas is really good at lying jamie didn't even have a lie like he was just like i didn't say that and they were like well what did you say and he was like well that but like (laughs) 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 like he had nothing to say he just like got got and then he was like well no like people were talking about it It was a big conversation in the house and they were literally like nate was there rick was there they're like who was having this conversation (laughs) we hang out constantly and none of us have ever heard a word about it no no you're right like this was worse because he he had clearly never thought out that he might get called out for this he literally just thought also it just it's honestly so disrespectful for to michelle because he literally thought that even if she found out she liked him so much that it wouldn't be an issue right i was like bro obviously it's an issue like you're an idiot and you don't respect anybody so the and then nate this was funny as fuck goes are you threatened by joe and jamie is like why no why no why would i be threatened by joe and i was like you so you literally are like so you literally you're scared of him (laughs) so you're scared of joe are you because he was because he was miss he was mr basketball minnesota king 2011 i don't know what the title was yeah so then they take it from the small group session and they take it to the big group session and rick says that jamie is acting he should be a politician with the way he's avoiding questions (laughs) happy election night everybody election night i hope everybody voted today um (laughs) yeah so then michelle comes in Michelle comes in, she calls his ass out, uh, which I loved, and he was like, she was like, so what, this is what you told me, and she was literally, like, treating him like the fifth graders she teaches, which, like, he, she clearly needed to, because he wasn't understanding anything, but she was like, okay, so explain to me, like, what your intention was, and he was like, this was what I heard from my friend, and I inferred that it was Joe, because he was a light-skinned basketball player, like, he basically says how he arrived at this decision, and Michelle is like, so you understand, her direct wording is, so you understand what actually happened, right, and I was like, I'm gagged. (laughs) Incredible. 
he says like I wanted to cut the head off the monster, and I was like, right. you made the monster. That would be like fucking, <laughs> I don't know, poisoning a batch of cookies and then being like throwing. I it should away eat and it. Being, like I wanted to make sure nobody got poisoned. Bitch, you made them. Like, <laughs> that's, like, literally what happened. He, like, made the monster and then was like, oh, I gotta kill this monster. Like, what? Yeah, and he's it? acting like he was doing everybody this, like, huge fucking favor. Right. Um, and Michelle's not having it. She sends him home uh, with really no, no reservation, which I loved. I loved that no she did tears. not hesitate. Nope, nothing. She, she said, no tears left to cry. And she said also while talking to him, like, I just don't trust you right now. And I was getting nervous. So I was like, oh, my God, does this mean she's going to keep him? Like, yeah, like they're having a bump in the road. And then, no, she's like, I'm going to walk you out. Like, I don't trust you right now. And I never will again, bitch. Get the fuck out of my face. And they did not hug. And she said, have a good night. And he said, you too. That was it. And then he went home. Uh, And that you know what it was swift it was easy she comes back to the rose ceremony and um the people who got roses are brandon rodney uh well brandon and rodney already had roses and then joe rick also i don't know if you noticed this but when she was saying these guys names it sounded like she was doing asmr she was like whispering like they got up to the thing and she was like will you accept this rose like, so, like, eerie and, like, whispering. And I was like, why is she saying it like she's recording ASMR for Audible? Weird. I was so weird. It's a um, secret. You accept this, Rose? Like, that's the whole point of the show. Like, we know that's what you're doing here. Uh, so, anyways, Joe, Rick, Leroy, Nate, Casey, Chris G, other Chris, Clayton, Romeo and Will. Yes. And Will gets the final one, which means Peter is Gonzo the Great out of here. Um, He's fucked by. And then, sadly, okay, we lost Jack Frost looking guy. (laughs) You know the guy I'm talking about? No clue what his name is, but he looks like Jack Frost from the Santa Claus movies. And um, Malik who was the other guy was leaking. Yeah, Malik really was very liked. nice. Yeah. I really liked him, and I was like, he deserves the world, and I wish him the best. But that's what we got. We got rid of both the villains of the episode in right. one swift movement. I mean, And that's what I'm saying. Like, they, if this were, like, poor JoJo Fletcher season, like, you think she wanted to keep Chad? Oh, my God. I know. They <laughs> always end up, and, like, even, yeah, they always end up keeping somebody that's really disliked because the producers want them to and Michelle was like <laughs> no no, <laughs> no. <laughs> like no thank you um and for that I mean I am obsessed with her and I knew I would love her as the bachelorette but she's killing it um do I love drama yeah but do I also love when they're just like hey no fuck you get out of my face <laughs> yeah yeah no perfect um uh, eh. yeah yeah so I don't know where the drama is going to come from now. It sounds like one of the Chris's is going to end up being a villain, though. So we're somewhere to turn to. The one that looks like he plays high school football. That Chris. Perfect. That's the Chris. Um, Because there's another Chris who's actually really cute and sweet, and we haven't seen a whole lot of him. Kind of reminds me of Zach Clark a little bit. Like, he's going gray, and he's got a beard, and he's just very, like, grounded. And then the other Chris literally looks like he plays football for a high school and is trying to get recruited (laughs) to play. In college. College ball. 
So, yeah, he just loves to play college ball like his old man. So, yeah, tune in. You know what? Next week, let's fucking see. Hope it's worth my time. Um, with <laughs> it that won't said, be. Kayla, what are your thoughts on the Katie Blake breakup? You weren't here to discuss it with me. And Ryan had no idea who they were. So. Yeah, Ryan, Ryan did not provide any notable insight. I was listening, and you were like, you were like, yeah, they were together for about six months, and Ryan was like, at that point, stick it out for fear of public embarrassment. And I was like, worst I advice. I was like, I thought that they would, too. Like, I was like, that's what I thought they would do, and they didn't. Worst um, advice I've ever heard. Um, you had no fucking idea. I, I'm sad for her. I, I mean, I think we all saw it coming. I mean, they literally both picked their third choice. Like, we both saw it coming. We all saw it coming. But I think I'm sad for her because I think when her season ended, it was like, yeah, like, no, 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 guys. Like, I really am, like, happy. Like, Greg left and it led me to this and, like, all this stuff. So I think to have it end, it's always sad when people go through this show and they are on such a public stage and we get to watch their lives unfold for months. And then when it doesn't work, it's kind of like, okay, well, they have not quote nothing to show for it, which is always kind of sad. Um, so I do feel bad for them. But that being said, I, I think it makes sense. Um, yeah, something. And it's my biggest thing with it is just like, I do not need to see either of these people on any Bachelor spinoff show ever again. Ever again. <laughs> don't fucking, we'll get into, actually we should talk about the Blake thing in a second, but, like, I don't want to see them on Paradise. I don't care. I don't care. Right. I didn't, I, and that's sad because going into the season I really did like Katie and I had high hopes for her and I don't even dislike her. I just, I just didn't like her by the end of her season and I was right. like, okay, bye. Go get married. <laughs> So that's like the part for me. I'm like, God, just please don't put them on anything again. But there was a Dumois submission last week, which there's there's been a few rumors because basically after Clayton, we're allegedly getting another bachelor because like, God forbid we get a break. And <laughs> specifically to overwork me and Kayla. <laughs> no one else. So there's allegedly another bachelor. Somebody submitted to Dumois basically alluding to the fact that it was going to be Blake Coins, and I was like, I straight up will not watch. Um, yeah. At that point, not even because he's problematic, he's done literally probably nothing wrong, I cannot watch that man. He's so boring. He Sorry, I can't watch it. Yeah, but I think the producers are starting to get in on Dumois submissions, because there was also yeah. a leak that it's Michael A. Exactly. So I think I think some of these quote leaks are leaked by production and they're gauging response to it because it was basically the same thing with Greg. It was basic. It was le quote leaked that Greg was going to be the bachelor and then it got terrible feedback and then now it's Clayton. Right. No, I I don't think it's true. I think it's much more likely that it'll be Michael A. Yeah. So just like what we've seen, but. Like, I don't, you know, Dumois is Dumois. Like, anybody can submit fucking anything. Like, I could literally submit today and be like, I saw Goody Proctor with the devil. Like, I could say anything. And so it's like, who cares? So, yep. but it did, that did come up and I was like, oh my God, dude, if Blake is a bachelor, you will never hear from me again. Like, we, and... we're covering, we're covering Love Island now. Um, and then, but it is ultimately that it's Michael A, which would be great. I love him. And I would love him Speaking of Dumois. 
So here we go. This is the one. Here we go. You know, let me say something light first. Emily and I were having a good laugh because if you guys still follow Chris Harrison or Lauren Zima at all, I don't, but I love to check up every once in a while. They just got engaged. And uh, I looked at Lauren Zima's Instagram because she is just the epitome. And I I noticed we've retired this phrase and we should because it's not great. But the phrase basic white woman is Lauren Zima. like, like Christian girl autumn is like Lauren Zima's entire it, right like, <laughs> like her her aura she's like she's, she's like past and everything like I know she, it you know she's like lattes and rosé and hats and Victoria's Secret pink and like that is Lauren Zima yeah. anyways she seems sweet I don't dislike Lauren Zima I just think her brand is you know what it, it's i don't even like this word either but i feel in the di- like in tiktok dictionary world next to the picture of like the definition of chuggy is lauren zima like <laughs> like that just is her she totally gets a pass to be chuggy because she's like a woman in her what like 30s or 40s like she's right like, right right she, she's not you know she, it's not like it's like yeah of course like of course you can be chuggy whatever but she totally is she's the definition <laughs> Ultimate chug. The ultimate when you get to the last level of chuggy and you have to find the ultimate chug. It's Lauren Zima, dude. Um, so, so anyways, all this to say, they got engaged, and Emily and I were having a laugh and a half because on all of her Instagram posts with him, she'll write something about him, and she'll be like, "Can't believe I got Chris Harrison to whatever," and. I know what you're thinking. Oh, she probably tagged Chris Harrison. His handles, Chris Harrison. That's why it says that. No, she types out his full name every time and then tags him at the end. So whenever she refers to him, she refers to him as full name Chris Harrison. It's like kind of sinister. Like I kind of feel like she's like holding him hostage when she does it. I'm like, this is like pretty dark-sided of you, Lauren. Um, and we were like laughing because I was like, can you imagine if we like referred to our boyfriends like that? Like we're like, when full name patch with his full name. <laughs> Okay, people would definitely think he had my phone and killed me. Like, right, right. <laughs> when, when we would go missing, they'd be like, these posts don't sound like her. Uh, yeah, that's so when you know I'm missing dead in a ditch, <laughs> is if, like, my posts, if I start saying people's full, my boyfriend's full name in my Instagram, <laughs> he did it, dude. Like, <laughs> this is so wild. So anyways, that's the one demon thing that's just on a light note. Uh, back to Dumois for a second. So a Dumois thing was sent in. Uh, again, these submissions can be made by absolutely anybody. There is no confirmation that any of these things are even remotely true. Anybody can submit. That being said, there were a lot of details in this right. little guy. And so, so it, it's like, oh, it's just... Well, read it. The Dumois submission was... San Diego-based Bachelor in Paradise Babe, who is loved for calling people out on their bad behavior and left with his homeboy at the end of the show, has a shady past himself, who he's purposely kept quiet. He was living with his girlfriend while having a full relationship with another girl who happened to live down the street. Of course, neither of them knew. He was public with them both on dates. He bought my best friend presents, and he was with her constantly, clearly not one to be judging the other guy's characters when he himself is a manipulative psychopath. Once my friend found out, she was absolutely devastated. Uh, She ended up finding out and ending things. She reached out and told his other girlfriend, and she moved out and left him as well. Five months later, he was on The Bachelorette, acting like he was so righteous and innocent. We were shocked. He's a fraud, and people should know the truth. 
Now, based purely on the first sentence, San Diego-based Bachelor in Paradise favorite who is loved for calling people out and left with his homeboy at the end of the show, very little was left to the imagination as to who we could be talking about. Yeah, I mean, okay, it's not James, because he's never called anybody out in his life. And the the other person from San Diego is John the fucking bartender. So, (laughs) I wonder who they're talking about. Aaron. This was hard. This was tough. I, yeah. I don't even have a defense of it. I don't know if it's real. I mean, it's also like they live down the street from each other. Like, how is he pulling that off? That's insane. But yeah. never say never. You know what I mean? Men are amazing. So, <laughs> yeah. It's Josh, sad. I, I hope that it's not true. That being said, I don't understand really what motivation someone would have to lie about that. Um, no. it's It's so very specific. Like, think about it people who are fan favorites like Aaron, like Aaron is someone that is pretty beloved. People aren't submitting this shit about Zach Clark. They're not submitting this shit about Jordan Roger. You know, like, it's like, there are people who are really, really loved in the franchise that people don't feel the need to just, like, say random shit about. No. Yeah. So, that's sad. Um, but, you know what? He's not on the show anymore, and, um, it's kind of like we, I said about Ivan a few weeks ago. I was like, why are we, like, why are you yeah. talking about people? So, I don't know. It sucks. How the mighty have fallen. You know what I mean? It's sad. You know, I think... it, so at least we don't have to watch him every week. Like, it's like, okay, I mean, he's not really, he's not really re- relevant anymore. Well, I think because it is, and I'm not saying that we should not believe women when they say something happened, but I am saying this is just a random anonymous Dumois subscription. So I think I'm going to refrain on hating Aaron until there is, if there is ever any kind of like actual concrete, this happened. I'm pretty new. Like, I'm kind of just like, okay, I'm neutral. There's new people now for me to be mad about or happy about or whatever. Uh, also, a Dumont submission was Claire and Dale on a flight together post breakup to Kentucky was, of all places. Kentucky, my old Kentucky home. The uh, which was just like, can just decide. I don't even care. Be together. Don't be together. Decide. <laughs> it's like, like, oh, it's so bad. And it's the fact that every time they break up, they release statements. It makes it so much worse. Like. I know that that's a Bachelor thing. I'm not saying that they're the only people that release statements. Yeah. Every Bachelor person releases statements when they break up. But Claire and Dale have broken up twice now and released statements both times. And then both times have been spotted together not a week later. <laughs> and it's like, then just don't fucking say anything. Yes, there's going to be rumors. Things People are going to leak shit, whatever. But, like, don't fucking speak on it. Yeah, there's <laughs> also, like... I feel like they're the epitome of, like, that TikTok trend that's going on right now that's, like, worst girl you know from your high school that's, like, Jared, we've been through our ups and downs, like, really low lows. It was so hard to stay together. You make me cry every day, but the last four years with you have been nothing but bliss, except for every day when you make me cry. Like, that's literally them. That's them. That's Clarendale. You guys are goals. So anyway, <laughs> with that said, I think that's the tea, the best that's it. tea that she wrote. Um, thanks for joining us, you know. Glad to have Kayla back. 
Yeah, thank God. Uh, thanks for joining us um, again. As always, uh, our reviews, we haven't gotten one in a while. So if you listen, if you've never left us a review, please go leave us one. It would mean a lot to us, only if it's nice. If it's mean, keep it to yourself. Um, follow us on Instagram at Don't Insult My Podcast. Click the link in our bio to donate to Emily's New York City Marathon Charity Team Fund. Um, and when we next hear from her, she will have run the New York City Marathon. I will be a marathoner. So. Yeah, Let's which is crazy. Um, and I will be drinking again. So <laughs> You'll be drinking more because you will have run the marathon. Yeah, I'm like, that shit's over. It's like last week I didn't drink either, and I was like, I'm not used to not having wine. It's like I have loved myself into needing wine when I turned The Bachelor on. Have like you? I, wait, were you I sober was, for Halloween? No, I only drank on Halloween. Oh, okay. I was like, I just, like wow. Wasn't I haven't been drinking like during the week really? Um, but that was it. But anyway, uh, yeah, I've like it's literally like I've I, I'm like one of Pavlov's dogs is wine and The Bachelor drink wine. So can't wait to be back next week. Um, anyway, with that said, talk to you later. See you never. See you never. Bye. Bye.